today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. That's what it takes sometimes, doesn't it? In order for us to call upon the name of the Lord, to cry out to the Lord, there has to be adversity, a trial, adversity strikes. There's oppression, there's depression, there's a struggle, there's a difficulty. Hey, whatever it takes. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Isaiah. Sadly, adversity and trials are some of the very best teachers we have as creatures of God. But can you say what Pastor J.D. just said a moment ago? Can you say, Lord, whatever it takes, I want to walk in obedience to you. I want to bring you glory. That's a brave prayer to pray. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Isaiah chapter 18 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Now, at the end of the millennium, they have to now choose. And Satan will be loosed. And living during that 1,000 years, some will choose Satan. And then that's the judgment. The others will choose Christ And then after the millennium, after that 1,000 years, then begins eternity future, the new heavens and the new earth for all eternity. You know, we talk about heaven, we talk about the rapture, we talk about the seven-year tribulation, we talk about the second coming, but we kind of skip over. We got another 1,000 years to go, baby. Another 1,000 years. This is going to be incredible. And the earth is going to be like it was in the Garden of Eden. We have no idea really what earth is going to look like, but this is when chapters like this, prophecies like this, is believed that they will find their ultimate fulfillment. Now let's get into chapter 19. I have to preface this chapter as well. I hope I didn't uh, jam your gears on the whole millennium thing. (laughs) Maybe I need to do a study on it. Uh, (laughs) It's actually throughout Scripture, uh, many places you'll find, I would really encourage you to do a study in your own time in God's Word of the millennium. Revelation chapter 20, uh, you'll find references to it in the Old Testament. We've seen references throughout our study of the Old Testament, but for tonight, (laughs) I'll end it there. Let's close in prayer. (laughs) Sorry about that. Okay, chapter 19. This is a prophecy concerning Egypt. And here's the thing. This is in play currently. Chapter 19 of Isaiah is in play currently and will be fulfilled yet future ultimately. Now we're going to begin in verse 1. We're going to take just the first couple of verses to start with. The burden against Egypt, or the prophecy concerning Egypt. Behold, the Lord rides on a swift cloud and will come into Egypt. 
the idols of Egypt will totter at his presence, and the heart of Egypt will melt in its midst. Now I really want to draw your attention to verse 2. I will set Egyptians against Egyptians. Everyone will fight against his brother, and everyone against his neighbor, city against city, kingdom against kingdom. Now stop right there. Right out of the chute, we see the beginning of this prophecy being fulfilled in our day, present day. Actually, it's believed that it started 10 years ago with the Arab Spring back in January of 2011. Pictured here is Tahrir Square in Cairo, which as some of you doubtless remember, was the scene of graphic violence with Egyptian fighting and rising up against Egyptian. Interesting brother against brother. This is when the Muslim Brotherhood was now fighting against the regime at the time. And um, what does his name escape me? I know that it was uh, Muhammad Mursi of the, um, what was the president? Mubarak, right? Yeah, Mubarak was the president at the time. And he was removed and this was a bloody battle that would last long enough to change the complexion and the landscape geopolitically and prophetically of Egypt from that day forward. Never been the same since. And we're going to see now as we get further into this prophecy. Verse 3, the spirit of Egypt will fail in its midst. I will destroy their counsel and they will consult the idols and the charmers, the mediums and the sorcerers. And verse 4, the Egyptians I will give into the hand of a cruel master, and a fierce king will rule over them, says the Lord, the Lord of hosts. Now, there's a lot of debate and speculation amongst Bible commentators as to who this fierce king will be. Some suggested that it was actually the Muslim Brotherhood at the time. Others suggest this will be during the seven year tribulation, and this will be the fierce rule of the Antichrist. Others suggest, no, this will come at some other time, yet future. Verse 5, the waters, speaking of the Nile River, by the way, will fail from the sea, and the river will be wasted and dried up. The rivers will turn foul. The brooks of defense will be emptied and dried up. The reeds and rushes will wither. The papyrus reeds by the river, by the mouth of the river, and everything sown by the river will wither, be driven away, and be no more. I would suggest that this too 
is being fulfilled present day. You know, my wife and I, uh, it was 1997, so 14 years before the Arab Spring in uh, 2011, we went to Egypt, stayed with my aunt. She lives in Giza, which is where the pyramids are. And uh, we went around the country, and of course I've shared the uh, famous, actually infamous taxi ride from uh, yeah, I don't want to go there tonight. Um, but when we were uh, taking this taxi from uh, Cairo to Alexandria, that was my father's birthplace. We wanted to spend some time in Alexandria. Beautiful place, by the way. You know, right there on the coast of the Mediterranean. So my wife and I are walking the beach. The water is the same color as Kailua Beach, that that bright teal color. But there's only one difference. Well, there's actually more than one difference, but the biggest difference was there wasn't anybody on the beach. Uh, oh, we did see a couple people on the beach, but they were all, of course, as Muslims, covered up. Nobody was sunbathing, I can assure you of that. But here's this beautiful, I mean, breathtaking place. And then you look there at the city, and here's the description. It's not what it once was, what it used to be. It has withered away. So on this ride, we had missed the the train because of traffic in Cairo. Listen, you haven't lived until you've driven. Actually, I wouldn't recommend it until you've tried to drive in Cairo. Unbelievable. Um, But we missed the train, and so we had to take this cab. And we, it's about a two, two and a half hour drive. And some of the places that we were uh, going were along the Nile River. There's no AC in the car. It's 195 degrees with the wind chill. And I got to tell you, and I don't know how to describe this, and I don't mean to be gross, but the stench from the dried up Nile was something that you would never want to smell in your life. It was horrific. There are no words to describe how foul it was. And then when I read here in verse 6, the rivers will turn foul. We're going to see next that the Nile River is like their primary source. That's how they make their living, the fishing industry, the food. It's the water source. And yet you look around where the Nile is today, and everything is dried up, withered up, wasted away and the Nile River, because of the Aswan Dam, by the way, has actually dried up exactly as it says here, present day. Verse 8, the fishermen also will mourn. All those will lament who cast hooks into the river. And they will languish who spread nets on the waters. Moreover, those who work in fine flax and 
those who weave fine fabric will be ashamed, and its foundations will be broken. All who make wages will be troubled of soul. Surely the princes of Zoan are fools. Pharaoh's wise counselors give foolish counsel. How do you say to Pharaoh, I am the son of the wise, the son of the ancient kings? Where are they? Where are your wise men? Let them tell you now, and let them know what the Lord of hosts has purposed against Egypt. In other words, the economy in Egypt will be decimated. There was one night there in the hotel where there was a wedding, and my wife and I happened to be in the lobby, and I uh, was talking with one of the guys that was working at the hotel, and my Arabic's not very good, especially the, the Egyptian dialect, very different than the Arabic that I learned. But I was able to carry on a conversation with him, and and just kind of talking story with him a little bit. And he's so excited about the wedding. And I asked him, I said, so you work here at the hotel? He said, yes. And um, he made a comment. It was really, I don't know how he got there, but he basically, when he found out I'm from America, it was kind of like, you are from America? Yeah. Oh, they would do anything to come to America. In fact, <laughs> ah, why not? At, at the uh, the hotel we were staying at. I'm there at the counter, and the guy behind the counter, unbeknownst to me, I'm so, you know, uh, innocent in this regard, he was actually trying to figure out how to get a bribe from me. And I didn't, I didn't catch it. I'm like, what's this matter with you? I mean, in Arabic, you know, just, we actually kind of got into a, you know how Arabs are anyway. They're just having a conversation, you think they're arguing, just because of how harsh the language is. So we're going back and forth, and it's getting a little bit heated. And then come to find out that what he really wanted was my information, because he wanted to immigrate to America, and he needed a sponsor and he wanted to get his family out of Egypt. Do you want to know why? Because the average Egyptian lives in a place with a dirt floor. This, this employee of the hotel, and he's doing pretty good. He makes, get this, this is 1997, he told me he makes in U.S. dollars every month the equivalent of $30. U.S. And I'm like, wow, and I just gave that guy a five dollar tip. No wonder he loves me. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> we ain't in Kansas anymore. It's a whole different world over there. Total poverty. Total poverty. And this is exactly what Isaiah said would happen. They've never recovered, I guess, for lack of a better word. You know, Egypt was the most powerful nation on earth, and now nothing. We stayed in this hotel in Alexandria. Ah, just a beautiful place. I could just imagine what it was like back in the day. And we're sitting there, we got an ocean view, we're looking out at this beautiful ocean, and all you had to do was just turn about 45 degrees, 
and you would see just abject poverty. And it was just heartbreaking. And this is the prophecy that we have here in Isaiah 19, verse 13. The princes of Zoan have become fools. The princes of Naf are deceived. They have also deluded Egypt, those who are the mainstay of its tribes. The Lord, verse 14, has mingled a perverse spirit in her midst, and they have caused Egypt to err in all her work, as a drunken man staggers in his vomit. That's TMI right there. I mean, that's quite, quite the imagery, isn't it? Neither, verse 15, will there be any work for Egypt, which the head or tail, palm branch or bulrush may do. In that day, here we go again now, verse 16, Egypt will be like a woman, and will be afraid and fear because of the waving of the hand of the Lord of hosts, which he waves over it. And verse 17, the land of Judah will be a terror to Egypt. Everyone who makes mention of it will be afraid in himself because of the counsel of the Lord of hosts, which he has determined against it. Wow. Again, present day. Israel is the terror of Egypt. Who would have ever believed? This is a present day fulfillment of this prophecy. Dr. Arnold Frutenbaum, who we were privileged to have here when he spoke back in March of 2015, had this to say in his book, Footsteps of the Messiah. Never in ancient history has this been true. Only since 1948, and especially since the Six-Day War, have the Egyptian forces evidenced the fear portrayed in this passage. There has been fear and dread of Israel ever since with Egypt having lost four wars against Israel with heavy casualties, and they were heavy casualties. The fear is deeply rooted, prophetically, still quoting, today is still the period of Isaiah 19 verses 16 and 17. It's happening now exactly as the prophet Isaiah recorded some 2,500 plus years ago. And now it's coming to pass exactly as we were told it would. Now it gets better. We got another in that day. Every time we read an in that day, we're talking about a yet future day when this happens. Listen to this. In that day, Five cities in the land of Egypt will speak the language of Canaan and swear by the Lord of hosts. One will be called the city of destruction. 
In that day, verse 19, there will be an altar to the Lord in the midst of the land of Egypt. Yes, I read that right. Did you, did you hear that? Okay, I'm going to read it again. Just indulge me. In that day, verse 19, there will be an altar to the Lord in the midst of the land of Egypt, and a pillar to the Lord at its border, and it will be for a sign and for a witness to the Lord of hosts in the land of Egypt, for they will cry to the Lord because of the oppressors. Hang on to that. And He will send them a Savior. That's capitalized. That's Jesus. And a mighty one. That's capitalized. That's the Savior of the world that God is going to send to Egypt. And Egypt is calling out, crying out to Him because of their oppression. Sadly, that's what it takes sometimes, doesn't it? In order for us to call upon the name of the Lord, to cry out to the Lord, there has to be adversity, a trial. Adversity strikes. There's oppression. There's depression. There's a struggle. There's a difficulty. Hey, whatever it takes, if that's what it takes for Egypt, then so be it. And God sends them the Savior, a mighty one, and He will deliver them. Verse 21, then the Lord will be known to Egypt, and the Egyptians will know the Lord in that day and will make sacrifice and offering. Yes, they will make a vow to the Lord and perform it. Wait, when's this going to happen? Again, it's believed this will be fulfilled during the millennial reign, which would be an indication that there will be areas that will be known. Perhaps there will be an area known as Egypt, they will have an altar to the Lord in Egypt. They will call upon the Lord in Egypt. And it even gets better. And the Lord will strike Egypt, verse 22. He will strike and heal it. They will return to the Lord. And He will be entreated by them and heal them. In that day, verse 23, there will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria. What? Wait, I thought Assyria were the bad guys. No, not so fast. Wait till you hear what God says about the Assyrians here. And the Assyrian will come into Egypt, and the Egyptian into Assyria, 
and the Egyptians will serve with the Assyrians. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. The book of Isaiah is an interesting one, as the prophet Isaiah spoke things that God wanted the people of Israel to hear, but they just wouldn't listen. Little did they know that much of what Isaiah spoke had bigger significance than they could have imagined. From beginning to end, the book of Isaiah touches on Jesus Christ coming later on. It refers to the announcement of his coming, his birth, his good news of salvation, his death, and his return to claim his own. Wow, what an incredible insight into the future. Sometimes things are plain right before our eyes, and we just aren't willing to see it for what it is. Although the people were ignorant in that present time, God used Isaiah to speak to them anyway and to proclaim the good news that was to come. Do you know of this good news? If not, we'd like you to check out calvarychapelkaneohe.com and head over to the resources page. There you'll find the ABCs of salvation, which goes into a step-by-step understanding of the good news of Jesus. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to join us on Sundays or Thursdays at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. We meet for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times, directions, and more at our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Until we meet again, we encourage you to dive deep into God's Word and to look for more things God wants to teach you in this book of Isaiah. Looking forward to next time here on In Spirit and Truth.